0: Hi everyone, it is Sabra from Hope Falls and Footfalls. This live instructor chat, we are going to be talking about when, how, and why we want to be practicing emergency dismounts in our adaptive or therapeutic riding lessons before an actual emergency starts. So the main talking points that we're gonna be covering during this chat today are, one, what is an emergency dismount? Two, why should we frequently, frequently practice them? And also how frequently should we be practicing and how we can incorporate that regularly. Uh, And then also different ways that we can practice emergency dismounts before an actual emergency happens. And I will be talking about emergency dismounts and how we can practice them and incorporate them into trainings and regular lessons, not only for our students, but also for our volunteers, instructors, and instructors in training. So we're going to be kind of um, covering it in a broad spectrum here as we get going. For those of you that are joining in live or even on a replay, if you can drop a comment, let me know who's watching, where you're watching from, and I would like to know from you guys, how frequently do you guys practice emergency dismounts with your volunteers and or with your students and what do those practices look like? So that's kind of your prompt for the comments and also if you can like or comment or share on this post, whether on Facebook or podcast or uh, YouTube, wherever you're watching live or on a replay, that helps the tech stuff so that this gets spread out to other instructors. So, um, also before we get into the main topic of talking about emergency dismounts, I do want to remind you guys that this summer, summer 21, 21 in July, we're doing a book club on the language of coaching. It is not too late to jump in on that. It is free. It's a great way to earn CUs and also add more tools to your toolbox as an adaptive or therapeutic riding instructor. All right. So... Um, let's go ahead and let's jump into the topic. And I do apologize if I am kind of glancing off to the right. It's because my notes were set up behind my computer and now they're kind of off to the side. So I want to make sure I hit all the points today. All right. So first let's talk about what an emergency dismount is. So an emergency dismount is a unplanned, um, intentional, sometimes intentional, sometimes not. It's an unplanned dismount in an emergency situation. So it could be Relating to a horse emergency, Uh, maybe we have broken equipment and we can no longer stay in safe control of our horse. Maybe our horse um, is having behavioral issues or unsoundness issues and we need to get off right away. It could be stemming from the environment. Maybe you have um, out here in the Wild West, we have dust devils that run through our arena. And so if we have a heads up, we might have to do an emergency dismount when a dust devil is coming or um, rainstorm or something big like that's happening um we can also have something student or rider related especially when we're we're getting into the realm of the adaptive or therapeutic riding when we're working with students that might have a formal diagnosis um, so perhaps something flares up while we're riding and someone starts to feel dizzy or maybe they um, have a history of seizures that were under control but all of a sudden maybe we have a seizure start to take place and we need to dismount them or um, behavioral instances with our students. So there's a bunch of different um, reasons why we might want to or need to do an emergency situation, uh, an emergency dismount and we can make our students and our volunteers a lot more comfortable with an emergency dismount and make it seem a lot less scary and things go a lot more smoothly and a lot more safely if we practice and incorporate emergency dismounts before an actual emergency takes place so that's why i highly highly encourage you guys to make emergency dismounts just part of what you guys do in your volunteer training in your instructor training and in your lessons with all ability levels of students because it overall just increases the safety of your lessons and will hopefully decrease the chance of somebody getting hurt Um, i like to have the end goal of taking emergency situations where a rider might have to get off of a horse for whatever reason and take it from something that could potentially be a fall or an uncontrolled emergency dismount to a controlled and maybe unplanned dismount that then is kind of in control or controlled by the rider, controlled by the volunteer or the instructor. So we can up that level of of student um, safety and volunteer safety. There's also some really cool trainings on um, like how to fall clinics and that's in the like traditional and mainstream riding world. I would suggest you guys look into videos of that. Those are pretty cool and it kind of teaches you mechanics of how to safely fall off of horses um, and how to be prepared so that if something happens, you're ready to do that. So that is what an emergency dismount is. So just an unplanned dismount in an emergency situation that can originate from the horse, the student... Uh, environmental factors, tack factors, there's a lot of originations that could cause an emergency dismount. So um, why should we frequently practice it? Kind of already touched on it, it can make everyone more comfortable and make those emergency situations less scary. It can also make things happen more quickly and more automatically if it's already kind of a, a series of events or muscle memory that we've introduced to our volunteers and to our students and to our instructors. It's something we've already done so that in an emergency situation, when we have to react more quickly, we are already familiar, hopefully, with the steps that we have to take during an emergency dismount, whether it's us having to do it, our volunteers having to help support or our students actually having to implement that. So how frequently should we be practicing emergency dismounts? Well, let's kind of talk about it um, in volunteer component, rider, and then instructor component. So volunteers, they should absolutely be practicing emergency dismounts during their volunteer training. So have them practice hands-on with each other, you know, do mock riders if possible to save your horse's backs. If you have a mounting barrel or some type of um, practice horse, pretend horse that you can put someone on and practice the The mechanics of supporting a rider down for an emergency dismount, that is great. Have them do it multiple times if possible. Have them feel what it's like to get dismounted off of the horse. Um, Talk about what your policy and procedure is. Who calls for the emergency dismount? When might you call for an emergency dismount? What does it look like? What do we do after that student is down off of the horse? What happens if it's not your student getting emergency dismounts uh, or that emergency dismount? What do the other team members do? And I would highly, highly recommend that you don't just talk about it and have a couple people do it, have them go hands on and do a skill demonstration. That's also really good documentation practice for you guys of being able to say that, yeah, we not only train them verbally, but we also watch them do it and implement what they have learned so that you have documentation of them being able to physically put into play what needs to happen um, and apply that knowledge practically. So uh, that is good volunteer training practice. Then I would also suggest that you could do regular volunteer updates. so that could be once a year at the beginning of your new program year that could be once every six months maybe after you know like a winter break um, and you just go through a quick refresher training with your volunteers because again we're wanting to get this into muscle memory so that when stuff happens, Fingers crossed, hopefully it never does. But if it does happen, things go a lot smoother and people are a lot more comfortable with the process of the emergency dismount. Um, You know, anxiety levels are lower, stress is lower, and it's not as big of a deal. Um, Another way that you can have your volunteers practice it is them actually practicing and helping to support the students during the practice time of the students, doing it during their lessons. So you guys can have them practice together. And with students, I would highly recommend that you frequently do emergency dismounts. Frequently could be either like once a session, once a semester. So that could be every you know, four to six weeks. You review emergency procedures and how to safely get off of your horse if you know something happens, like your rain breaks or your girth pops loose or um, a dust devil comes across the arena because it's windy season now. You know, whatever you need to do, frequently practice it with your students. You can also have them practice it any time that they have reached a new level of independence. So let's say we have a rider that goes from a full support team, so a horse leader and two sidewalkers, to then a horse leader and one sidewalker. Well, what happens if we have to get off of our horse on the side that that sidewalker is not on? Or what happens if now we went from a full team team, Of three volunteers and two sidewalkers supporting you to then just a horse leader. What does that look like? So anytime your rider reaches a new level of independence, I would suggest reviewing and practicing that emergency dismount with them so that they know what the plan is now that things might look a little different if their layer of support of those volunteers have changed. Um, So students incorporate it frequently. Volunteers incorporate review frequently as well have a plan, have communications, have keywords. talk about it in a a fun way. Um, Yes, emergency dismounts can be fun. I actually have students that asked me to do emergency dismount practice at the halt, the walk and the trot during regular lessons and they actually prefer doing that over regular dismounts. And we'll talk about that towards the end of this chat here, but practice it frequently. Um, And then also for those joining in live, how do you guys practice and review your emergency dismounts? How frequently do you guys incorporate it in? I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to drop a comment. Because again, this is not just you guys hearing from me. Um, You guys can also chat and learn from each other as well. So it's good to hear from other instructors and other programs of what you guys do as well. All right, so um, how do we practice it? So kind of touched on this already for our volunteers, but we can do it during volunteer training do mock practice. Um, again, highly encourage saving your horses back. So if you can do it on a vaulting barrel or some type of dummy horse before you actually go do it on a horse and get the mechanics down, I would recommend that. But also if you can, some type of practice um, on a horse. Again, be aware of what your horse is saying. If they're getting uncomfortable, um, try to practice you know good mechanics during that time. But doing it on a mounting barrel or a a vaulting barrel versus doing it on a real life horse can feel a little bit different Um, and it's good practice for the horse leader then to learn how to move that horse away in whatever your policy and procedure is when you're doing that emergency dismount in real time with volunteers and sidewalkers practicing that emergency dismount as well because everybody kind of has different pieces that they need to do um Also, that support of the student during class. So volunteers practicing and supporting the student during class, we can then, with our students, practice in multiple different ways. So we can introduce an emergency dismount on a vaulting barrel. Um, That If a student is maybe a little bit more anxious about emergency dismounts or about getting off of a horse when it's moving or multiple moving pieces or whatever it might be, you can talk to them about it. Using a mounting barrel and go over the plan, and maybe be able to go hands on a little bit more easily and help them and work through some maybe kinks in, the, in an emergency dismount on a mounting barrel first before we actually put them on the back of a horse. Um, you can also go over it with them if they're assisted. So, what does it look like emergency dismount if your volunteer team? has to help you off the horse. What are the words that we're going to say? What do you need to do as the rider to help your volunteer team out in an emergency situation? Um, so going over the emergency dismount, even with a rider that is supported with your volunteers before an actual emergency happens is is crucial and it helps things go a lot more smoothly. And if you do have to do some type of emergency dismount, usually the Recovery, so to speak, emotionally um, and and nerve wise and anxiety wise, is usually a little bit easier because it's something that you've already done and you've talked about and everybody's familiar with that situation. Um, so, incorporate it into your class. So instead of a regular dismount at the end where you walk up and you do an emergency dismount with the student, or I'm sorry, a regular dismount with the student, maybe you. For the first time they've ever experienced it on a horse in class at the end of class you walk up you walk them through the task analysis of how we're going to do the emergency dismount and then you support them down that first time for the emergency dismount at a halt or a walk or, or whatever speed you're going to be doing it and then maybe the next class maybe it's the volunteer team again review that task analysis of of the moving pieces who's doing what how are we going to do it and then go out and do it so if the student has a good Relationship with you, and they they're used to you getting them off of the horse first. You might want to initially support them for the emergency dismount that first time, and then maybe the next week, next couple of weeks, then their volunteer um, helps them practice it down, and we do a fun emergency dismount. So one, not are we only we're not only having our student practice that emergency dismount, but we're also then getting our volunteers extra practice of the emergency dismount. And again, make sure you're watching and listening to your horses um, to see how they're feeling about it. But if you do it correctly, um, mechanically sound and, and we're aware of all the moving pieces and we're calm about it, usually the horses don't mind. Um, my guys don't mind. They usually just kind of stop moving and they stand there and look back and they're like, oh, okay, we're, we're having our students dismount. So it's really not um, a huge deal to a lot of the horses that we work with if we do it well and we're careful about it. Another way that you can have your students do it is you can um, have them do it independently. So they could do it first at the halt, then at the walk, then at the trot. Some of them you might even wanna practice of, what do we do at a canter? Um, And again, physical ability wise, um, if they cannot land on their feet, what's your plan if you have an independent rider? And if they need to get off of that horse in an emergency situation, what is your plan? How are they going to dismount? in a way that meets their physical and cognitive ability are they willing to hit the dirt in an emergency Um, that's an important talk that I have with a lot of my students before they ride independently is all right in an emergency situation I might I might not be able to get over there to help you off of the horse your horse leader might be unattached now and they're just spotting and so it's up to you to get off of the horse or maintain control of that situation. And you are more important than the horse. So if you lose control of the horse or if a dust devil happens to come by and we need to get off, um, here's how we're gonna get off. And a lot of times it's very empowering and encouraging to these students and comforting for them to practice this. Um, it makes them feel better about, well, what happens if the horse you know speeds up and I feel like I can't slow them down? Or what happens if, you know, something happens. So those students that might be more anxious about things, practicing the emergency dismount and having them do it can actually make them feel more confident and more more comfortable with those what-if situations. Um, So independent, have them practice it at all different speeds. Uh, My horses, if we're walking or trotting and the student goes to get off, um, even in an emergency dismount, my horses usually stop. And so the students and the volunteers are under the instructions of, If the horse stops during an emergency dismount practice, that is okay. Do not try to correct that horse because that is what I've trained my horses to do. If they feel a student starting to come off, they're supposed to stop. Um, So this is also good review and practice for your horses of doing it with your students. And all right, if somebody starts coming off, we're going to halt and we're just going to stand there and wait. Um, So good all around horses, volunteers, students. You can make it a really fun game as well. Um, I will sometimes during either the the main part of our lesson or even the cool down part of our lesson i'll randomly call out oh no emergency dismount like in a very fun you know playful voice and if it's something that the students already know how to do they're responsible for walking through all the steps of feet out of the stirrups rain down get off and then we assess our horse um you know are we able to walk up to them and calmly get them. Do we need to back away? What's going on? Do I get off by the fence? Do I get off away from the fence? What obstacles are around me? So it's a really fun, you know, practice. And um, you can toss it in as a fun way and a fun game to get them to practice and be listening and aware and ready to listen to your instructions and familiar with the term emergency dismount um, in a less stressful situation so you can make it a fun game you can swap emergency dismounts out for your regular dismounts at the end of a lesson you know once a month once a semester whatever you might do um again anytime there's maybe a new level of independence incorporating in all right what does an emergency dismount look like now Um, a new gait of the horse if we're walking or trotting what does that emergency dismount look like so There's a lot of different ways that you can incorporate emergency dismounts for instructors in training. Remember that those of you, at least through Path International, if you're training someone to go through the CTRI certification process, part of those supervised teaching hours is that you should be incorporating emergency dismount practice. I would highly recommend that you practice uh, more than one or two emergency dismounts. Practice multiple situations. have them practice it as a game. Have them practice it at a halt, at a walk. Have them practice um, them being the instructor in training. Have them practice calling it out to the volunteer team, to independent riders. So prepare that instructor in as many situations as possible so that when a real emergency happens, it flows out of their brain and their mouth a little bit more easily and more naturally because they've already planned it out and practiced it in a lower stress situation. We've got kind of that muscle memory and that habit built. All right, so I'm gonna scroll through comments right here. Um, Again, I'd love to hear from you guys about um, how often you guys do volunteer training, or I'm sorry, not volunteer training. I saw the word on there. Um, How often you incorporate emergency dismount training? What does it look like for you guys? How frequently do you guys incorporate it? Is there um, any fun way that you guys practice emergency dismounts? And what have you guys found that works well. So um, Susan says that they practice emergency dismounts at the volunteer training session. Tina says that they do it during volunteer training and then you guys also practice it the first week of every session. And riders that are physically and mentally able to are taught to do it independently. Great, yeah. So make sure you're adapting the level, the independence level of that student to the type of emergency dismount that they're doing. Is it student-led? Is that student doing it all independently and unsupported? Or are they practicing the emergency dismount with volunteer support? And they're just learning their role and how they can help their volunteers out if they have to get off of a horse. Um, A little bit less unsettling to our students if we practice it in slow motion beforehand and before a real emergency happens, before we just go to pull them off in an emergency situation. Um, especially for those students who may not be able to do it independently and they need that support, preparing them ahead of time, preparing that, that you know script, so to speak, of them learning what is going to happen. Um, I would highly recommend that if your students ride independently, so that means that in an emergency situation, their horse leader is not connected or you are not close by them, that they either need to be able to physically demonstrate an emergency dismount on their own independently or if they physically cannot do it independently and it's a situation where you know maybe they use a wheelchair or a walker or whatever it might be that they go through with support from you or from somebody who's trained to do the dismount what it's going to look like in an emergency when they're on their own and them cognitively being aware of and being able to agree to the risk of hitting the ground in an emergency and here's how we can maybe lessen mechanically um, what's going to happen if you have to come off of that horse. If a student is not able to consent to falling off of that horse whether in a controlled manner through an emergency dismount or unexpectedly um, and riding independently there might need to be discussion of ethically whether it's safe for them to ride independently being off lead where a horse leader cannot intervene or the instructor cannot intervene physically, if that makes sense. So that's also something to think about um, and can be maybe your answer to, all right, is this person ready to ride independently? Um, can they, to their ability level, and co- uh, physically and cognitively, agree to or demonstrate or understand an emergency dismount if we're not able to help them as an instructor, as volunteers. Um, you know, I think we, as instructors, have that ethical responsibility to be doing that. Um, and that's a really good d- discussion to have with parents, too. Um, and the parents can't necessarily say, oh, yeah, it's fine if they're riding by themselves and they hit the ground. That person should also be, whoever that person is, that, that individual on the horse, should be able to understand that to um, a, a certain capacity. All right. Uh, Jenny said uh, we've done it in volunteer trainings. Um, we have a wonderful smaller volunteer who we use it to help spare the horse, but also demonstrate the mechanics. Yeah, that's great. So being aware of, you know, the size of that mock, uh, rider or mock volunteer that you're putting up on the horse to help with your volunteers, save their back, um, save your instructors back and also your, your horses as well. So that's wonderful. Um, Cynthia, 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 uh, I apologize if I'm butchering your name. Um, she says once a month for PT patients and their associated team. Very good. Great. So pretty, pretty routine. All right. And That looks like it's it for the comments. So again, thank you guys for joining in live. Thank you for watching on a replay. Uh, Remember to check out the book club that's happening this month for Language of Coaching. I will put it in the description of this video once it uploads and I can get back on the internet on my computer. I apologize for the brief delay um, in getting the live started, that was unplanned. If you guys want to watch more instructor chat videos, make sure you check out the Hoof Falls and Footfalls YouTube channel or search through my videos on the Hoof Falls and Footfalls Facebook page. Uh, like and follow or get the subscription, the little bell on YouTube, um, to get notifications of when I publish new videos or go live or put a post up. Um, make sure that you frequently, you know, just even if it's like a little happy face or a heart to any type of comments you see on Facebook, that helps you see the content more regularly. Um, feel free to share this video of um, with other instructors as well. and I just saw a comment coming in. So Stacy said, I was hoping that you would cover the mechanics of proper emergency dismount. Okay, so I can visit phys- or I can verbally describe the mechanics of how I have found to be the best practice. Um, again, can't demonstrate it. Uh, we do have some emergency dismount videos in the intuitive instructor club. Um, that would be something that like if it takes more video recording out on a horse, I don't, I actually have really bad internet out in my arena, so I can't do live out there, but I can talk about it right now. Um, so mechanics of an emergency dismount. Um, we will talk about first um, what if they're volunteer supported. So if they're volunteer supported, uh, my usual policy is that whatever side the rider is starting to come off on, that is the side that would do the emergency dismount. So it's not always the left side of the horse or the on side of the horse, it's whatever side that 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 rider is starting to go off onto or whatever side is safer. So let's say that we have a student going around the arena and they have a full team. And um, I don't have a square here, here we go. Okay, so our, our student is going around the arena and we have a full team and we have a sidewalker here, our student and a sidewalker on the inside. If you can, the volunteer team is encouraged to dismount the student away from the fence or any other obstacles. So try to dismount them into that clear area to minimize potential injury of the volunteers and of the rider and also give that horse leader room to maneuver that horse away. Um, If that student, though, is falling off towards the fence and you cannot get them back over away from the fence, but that the offside volunteer by the fence is able to safely do an emergency dismount, then we just kind of make it work. Um, But priority is into an open area and then secondary would be the the direction that that student is kind of already coming off on Um, mechanics of it. So volunteers reach up and around, they grab the rider's waist, just clasp arms around the rider's waist, say we need to get off the horse, take a breath, let go. Um, So just very calm, we're getting off the horse now, please let go. And they're going to wrap their arms around and we're going to use gravity to work with us. So I'm gonna bring that rider in towards me and kind of give them a big like backwards bear hug. So we're grabbing around the core of that student and then we're pulling them at an angle off of the horse over the horse's flank because most situations in an emergency dismount, fingers crossed, that horse is kind of moving forward. Whether it's a rider-related emergency and oh, we gotta get that rider off now because something is happening with them, that horse might already be walking and we're able to pull them off. Or if it's an emergency situation where maybe the horse leader is saying, hey, we need to get the ho- that, them off now because this horse is not acting right, that horse will hopefully be moving forward. Um, so if we pull them off at an angle kind of over the flank of the horse, yes, I know we're pulling them towards the back end, but that horse leader should then navigate that horse's hind end away from our student. Another reason why we want to pull that student into us and then kind of take us a couple steps back and we're pulling them over the flank is so that the legs, as the rider's legs come up and over the back of the horse and over the saddle, their legs come together instead of if we pull them directly off the side of the horse, our rider is going to be doing the splits and then we might be unintentionally damaging our student that way. Um, You know, we could be pulling a groin something in the groin or we could be, you know, tearing ligaments or pulling a muscle, especially if our student um, is maybe holding on on a little bit or some spasticity. Um, So pulling them off at an angle so that hopefully legs come together in a line and slide off. Another reason that we want to pull off at the angle over the flank versus directly off to the side is so that if those feet are still in the stirrups and we're not able to clear the, the feet out of the stirrups first, we, one, hopefully have some type of safety stirrup or appropriate footwear where that foot comes free out of that stirrup coming this way, or if a foot is still somehow stuck in that stirrup, on an English saddle, if you keep the stirrup bar down, those stirrup leathers will hopefully slide off with you if a foot is stuck. Um, So mechanically, coming off at an angle over that horse's flank, helps to minimize the multiple different ways that a student might get kind of hung up or stuck on on a horse in an emergency dismount. Um, When that emergency dismount is called for, if there is a heads up, the volunteers should be trained to clear their feet from the stirrups, clear the student's feet from the stirrups first, if there's time, and then we pull off. Um, If not, we just do our best to pull that student off um and again that's why appropriate footwear appropriate fit of the syrup to the f- student's foot and some type of safety stirrup is um, crucial to when we're working with these students that have support um so that's mechanics and then once that student is off of the horse we support them if you might plop down on your bottom that's okay and maybe you you land on your bottom in the arena But the volunteer is kind of like that that bubble, um, that supportive barrier for that student to come down onto the ground. If it's a student that maybe has a wheelchair or a walker, it might be safe to stay on the ground there. And we just stay there until the emergency situation is sorted out and we bring that ambulation device out to them. Um, you might have a your other sidewalker come over and stand by you guys so that they can be a standing person next to you to just help create a safety barrier if you're not able to scoop that student up safely and move them out of the arena Um, sometimes if you just stay where you are instead of moving once that student is off then your horse leader knows where you're at all the other students know where you're at Um, so sometimes not moving is, is a good choice, but that should be, you know, the instructor should hopefully be aware of it by then and be giving directions of what to do and if they need to move, um, mechanics of an independent emergency dismount. Step one, feet get kicked out of the stirrups. Step two, reins go down. Step three is hands stabilize upper body and we get those legs up and over the horse. The the goal is to get the legs or the bottom part of the body on one side of the horse and underneath of you so that even if you don't land on your feet like a cat that you land feet-ish first and you're able to maybe bump back onto your bottom. Um, We are trying to minimize landing on our arm I actually broke my arm that way um split or both pieces clean break um, because I fell like this instead of getting my feet over and landing on my feet and getting them underneath of me so we want to get the lower part of our body underneath the bus even if it's not as clean of a dismount and we don't land on our feet every single time so getting that upper body up protecting the head getting it up and away so that the rest of our body can kind of um you know, soften that fall or get us a little bit more controlled. Uh, Stacy, does that answer your question for mechanics of a proper emergency dismount? Let me know if you're still on there. Um, Please let me know if you have any other questions about mechanics of an emergency dismount. I hope I explained it well enough with my arm movements and lack of student and horse here. Um, So who calls for an emergency dismount? With a full team of volunteers, it could be the horse leader. The horse leader does have right to call for an emergency dismount if they feel like it is unsafe to um, keep a student on a horse. If it is a minor, like minor spook or something that needs um, assessed, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of not getting our students off on every single little, you know, Trip or spook or whatever it is, call the instructor over. Is it something that we can work through and talk through? Because if every time our horse like looks at something a little bit and we get our student off, we're probably building fear in them, um, and we're also building fear in our volunteers. So um, that is is something that you know if it's a if it's able to be assessed and safely worked through, and we keep riding, then we do it. Um, If not, and it's like, oh my gosh, there's a dust devil coming, my horse is getting keyed up, that horse leader can call for an emergency dismount. A sidewalker could also call for an emergency dismount if there's a behavioral issue or like some type of medical issue that all of a sudden that rider's saying, I'm dizzy, I need to get off now. They could call for that emergency dismount. Have a plan for if that team has to do an emergency dismount, um, notifying everyone in the class, you know, emergency dismount, rider down, whatever your key word is, to let the instructor know that something's happening because sometimes they handle it so calmly and coolly, it's like, oh, rider was up and whoa, rider's down on the ground, what happened? And it's just because they did it so quietly and calmly and coolly, props to them, but that um, it can not be as big of an ordeal where we we it may not draw our attention right away. And yes, instructors should be watching all that, but if our eyes are scanning back and forth between multiple riders, It's, you know, our luck that we're looking at the front rider and it's happening to the rider in the back of the line. And it's that split second that our eyes shifted and we didn't see that thing happen. Um, So have a plan for who can call for it, who can do what. For a independent rider or rider who maybe has a spotter, so like a horse leader that's disconnected and further away from the um, instructor, Oh, I'm sorry, further away from the... So if the horse leader is disconnected and further away from the student and the horse. There we go. Um, have a plan for what happens if the horse speeds up. Is How does that horse leader approach the horse and not worsen the situation by accidentally chasing or driving that horse forward? How do we get in front of that horse to slow them down and, and decrease the energy in the situation? Um, and then what happens if the... If a rider is riding independently, does the rider call for it? Do they get to choose when they get off or do they have to wait for the instructor? Um, My students, if they are independent and they're riding away from me, they're able to call for an emergency dismount, call for it. They're able to do an emergency dismount on their own and work through that situation because I want to empower them with that tool to get off if they need to get off of the horse and not wait for me if, they think it's unsafe because then if they're waiting for me and things are escalating, that tunnel vision and tunnel hearing might set in and I might be calling for it, but they're so in that that high intensity situation that they may not hear it, even though they're trying to wait for that instructor to call it. So just plan out who gets to choose to do what. Um, I don't think it should always be the instructor calling for the emergency dismount. Um, I think volunteers can absolutely have a say, uh, therapists can have a say if they're doing a PT, OT speech, incorporating equines, um, whatever, whoever it is, designate who's going to call for it and in what situation or what origination of the emergency horse student environmental, who can call for it. Uh, Jan says, what happens if the foot is still in the stirrup and does not come out and there's no sidewalker on that side? Um one appropriately fitted stirrup. And so a stirrup not being too big or too small and appropriate footwear. So smoother soled shoes should enable a foot to come free, even at kind of an odd angle. I am still a big encourager of safety stirrups whether that be an S stirrup or some type of a quick release stirrup or even a peacock stirrup if you have to even though if when it crosses over to the other side of the horse you actually get it almost turns into an on safety stirrup anyways um even in more independent riders I still encourage some type of safety stirrup so that if that happens where we come off on say the left side of the horse but that right foot is still trapped that if that foot is still stuck and coming over um that there's still some type of quick release. English saddles um, having that stirrup bar down, and so that the stirrup leather can come off, is another safety factor. So that hopefully, it'll even if you know that that foot's stuck a little bit, and we're kind of pulling, or even heaven forbid, a foot gets stuck and they're kind of getting pulled a little bit. Hopefully, it will minimize the time that that student's getting potentially drugged or hung on the side of the horse. Um, if there's no sidewalker there, can that student kick their foot out in an emergency? Uh, that could also be a big factor of what type of stirrup they're allowed to use. Um, if that student can't take their foot out, um, I would, and even if they ride in a traditional foot or a traditional boot, maybe a safety stirrup is the better fa- better safety factor so that we have that backup if something happens. For Western stirrups, um, make sure those stirrups aren't too big. See that all the time. Western stirrups, way too big, kind of one-size-fits-all, hard to fit, hard to swap them out. Have a tapadero so that foot doesn't fall through and get wedged in there. Make sure the tapadero is closed and that it's not the stirrup, and then an opening between the tap and uh, the stirrup, and that the foot can get wedged in there. Um, another thing, too, Western stirrups, a lot of times... Um, Male riders, male riders tend to have bulkier shoes. Make sure that that stirrup fits and that that foot is not wedged into the stirrup. This can also happen on English stirrups, even on peacock and safety stirrups. We assume just because it's a safety stirrup that no matter the size of shoe that's in there that it's going to work correctly. If that shoe is too big and and the stirrup is too small and the foot is wedged in there, it's not gonna come out appropriately. Um, So making sure that the stirrup is correct for that student uh, i have a video on my youtube channel and also it's on facebook too that you can um, i talk about different stirrups and the pros and cons of them and fit and all of that so check out my stirrup uh video on that christina says for riders with appropriate cognitive ability do you talk through how to keep bodies calm either through an emergency dismount or to potentially avoid the need to dismount, i.e. not clamping down, accidentally squeezing legs on, not pulling back reins while clamping down. Yes, absolutely. Um, So, goal is, independent riders, if we do not need to emergency dismount and we can de-escalate the situation while we're on the back of a horse, that is Primary goal number one. However, if we get to a point where even through staying calm, having a you know a defensive riding seat, um where we're sitting, you know, sticky seat, sticky butt, I call it, you know, baby horse seat, where you're you're starting a new horse under saddle, um, and you keep keeping teaching them a more you know defensive riding position, um, heels down, legs against the saddle but not gripping. But sitting, you know, maybe shoulders back, but also breathing. So sticking to the horse, but also relaxing. And if we can minimize that first before we do an emergency dismount, that is absolutely key. Um, and any time we get to a situation where the horse might be escalating or environmental factors get are starting to escalate or the student is escalating, we try to go through um, staying on the, the back of the horse first. Honestly, emergency dismounts, I've only had them happen um, mostly due to environmental factors. Like, oh my gosh, there's a dust elbow coming. Hurry, get off your horse. Like, that's something I don't want you to try to ride out. So we get off of our horse, reins up and over their head. We hold them. How do we stay there? I go walk over to them. Um, I've had something happen where there's been a big spook and the rider got super off balance and they weren't able to recover their position. So they just got their feet over and landed on their feet and slid down on the side. Um, so there's you know different situations, You know, depending on the situation, yes. We'll talk through, can we stay on our horse? How do we minimize the situation? And calm, cool, collect. Um, but if we do have to emergency dismount, how do we do that in a relaxed manner? And going through it in a non-threatening time when it's fun and when it's more of a game that that then also instills more confidence and and um you know helps keep the nerves down when we actually do have to get off yeah I mean fingers crossed you don't have to do an emergency dismount um in real life But if it does happen where you need to get off, like I literally the other day I did an emergency dismount because I was out trail riding my horse and we all of a sudden had this huge storm front roll in. And um, all of a sudden it went from no winds to like gale force winds. And I had to jump off and do an emergency dismount because it, it wouldn't have been safe for me to stay on her. I got off, I removed my saddle just in case stuff went flying and she got loose. Um... So yes, even though I didn't fall, it was a preemptive emergency situation, but we were calm, we were cool. Um, So, you know, that stuff happens. So teaching those riders too, do we ride it out or do we emergency dismount? Or do we ask for help? You know, what are those steps? So yeah, absolutely, Christina. Um, good, Good question on what are other factors we can teach our students to hopefully prevent a rider emergency dismount like originated from them clamping down um especially as a rider is going faster you know accidentally cueing that horse for a trot or a canter and then we panic and we squeeze and we escalate that situation to where then we might have to get off of a horse because we can't stop them um to being aware of that body awareness of all right how do we not squeeze and escalate a situation to where the horse is moving too fast and out of our control how do we not even have that situation happen um, yeah. And that then goes into toolbox of what tools do our students have and what skill sets do they have? And are do they have all the skills that they need to appropriately and safely ride that horse at that speed? Kind of going off on bunny trail, but that's another, another factor of independent riding and, and independent riding at what speed and all of that. Good question. All right. Any other questions before I jump off? I'm going to check, scroll through here, make sure I didn't miss anything. Whoops. Hold on. I almost lost my phone. Sorry if it crashes down. All right. Um so I answered foot in the stirrup. I talked about mechanics, talked about not pulling down or what do riders do. Yeah. Okay, so um final call for questions, comments, anything like that while you guys are on live. Uh I'll wait here for a couple minutes. Um, Probably not a couple minutes, few seconds. I'll wait for comments to come in. Thank you guys for joining in live. Again, feel free to share this with um, other instructors that you know. Uh, use it for training purposes. Absolutely. Um, even if you're watching on a replay or kind of jumped on later, if you have questions, uh, if you can tag me, so say like at footfalls and footfalls and then post your question or comment, that gives me a notification. If you do post a question after uh, the the live time, because sometimes Facebook doesn't notify me, um, or YouTube if there's, if it's not during the live time. All right. So it looks like we're all wrapped up on questions. Um, again, you guys can post them afterwards. Make sure you check out the free book club. I know I've mentioned it several times. Get on the email list, check out hooffallsandfootfalls.com. and Uh, There's lots of free resources on there. I do one-to-one instructor coaching and development. So if you're wanting to take your teaching to the next level and really refine um, your teaching and get more tools in your your toolbox, let me know. That is over Zoom and remote. So you can do it from the comfort of your own arena and it's between you and I, and it's super fun. So let me know if you're interested in doing that. Um, That does count as CEUs. So really good way to stay refreshed as an instructor and um, get yourself out of a rut even. If you feel like you're kind of stuck and just doing the same thing over and over or stuck with a student. Talk to me about one-on-one instructor coaching and development. Uh, Jessica says, how would you explain an emergency dismount to a student with lower cognitive understanding and ability? Good question. Um, So I would explain it to them. All right, we're going to practice how to get off of a horse if we get to where we need to help you in a situation where you are asking to get off and we're still moving or maybe Um, Do you know what a dust devil is? You know, maybe a dust devil comes across the arena and we need to get off or our horse says something's wrong and our horse says that we need to stop riding him. We're going to practice how we get off so that you feel comfortable um, with how your team, and I would use their name, you know, how Miss Miss Jessica and how Miss Chrissy and how Mr. Sam are going to help you during a situation like that. So we can plan ahead and keep everybody safe, you and your horse and your team. Um, And what we call it is an emergency dismount, but really it's kind of like a a safety dismount. So you can even reword it. Um, So just basic cut and dry, why are we getting you off? Why are we practicing it? Um, And giving them, you know, why is it important that when we take you off of the horse this way, we're gonna do it and we're just gonna give you a you know, big bear hug and we're gonna take you off and you get you let go and you just go along for the ride and Miss Chrissy has you. Um, so just talking them through it just like you would any other skill, um, explaining what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're gonna do it. Um, if your student gets you know anxious about thing or perseverates on a certain topic or issue, maybe being creative with the wording, um, you could show them. So you could have someone up on a horse and maybe have them watch another student first. And then, you know, again, make it a fun game and say, all right, it's your turn now. And all right, are you ready? And you get to say one, two, three, go emergency dismount. Like even have the student, um, be in charge of when they're ready to call for that emergency dismount. But, um, even with students who may not be able to independently, um, do that emergency dismount or call for the emergency dismount, I would still walk through that situation with them when we have time to talk about it and process it and do question and answer um, so that it's less of a shock if it actually does have to happen in a real emergency situation. Again, kind of you know, mitigating some of that shock factor or anxiety if it happens and we've never done it before. Um if they know what emergency dismount means and they feel comfortable enough to let go of that horse and and trust their volunteers in that emergency. Um, Hopefully they will grab on to that that horse and that rider and clamp on less of the equipment and allow their team to get them off a little bit more easily if we've already ran through what that looks like. Um, Who assists the rider if there is a horse leader and no sidewalkers? Um, so if there's only a horse leader, um, rule of thumb usually is that student needs to be able to somehow get off, um, either they're willing to slide their legs over and kind of bum hits the ground if they can't support themselves or if, um, or they, they do that emergency dismount by themselves. If it's just that horse leader, and there's no people walking on either side of them, and that horse leader is leading that horse, that is extremely hard to manage a horse in an emergency situation, and also try to dismount that rider. Um, So again, what's ability level of that student? Um, What is cognitive understanding of being able to ride more independently? If the student is riding with just a horse leader, it will, it could be where maybe they call you over for that emergency dismount. Um, But you know, a lot of times by the time that person gets to just a horse leader, my students are able to pretty much dismount themselves. Um, or at least be able to understand like what it is to get that leg up and over, and at least get feet underneath of them before they hit the ground. Does that answer your question? Um, there, you know, it's hopefully the horse leader can pause stuff long enough to get that rider off at a halt, or have the instructor walk over. But yeah, that that horse leader, no sidewalkers, and leading towards independent rider is kind of getting to that bubble of all right how much does that rider need to know how to do Um, having riders be able to get off the horse independently with as little physical support as possible is one of the things I start working on as early as possible even if it's not every single time um, like I've got a kiddo right now that he has a g-tube and um, he has to do a crest dismount to get off to not scrape the tube but he's learning how to get off by himself because again we should be trying to of the physical and cognitive ability of our students try to progress them to as much independence as possible not just riding but also mounting and dismounting that's part of the lesson time that's part of how we can build their equestrian skills um and for the dismount if possible if we can have as few people around that horse that can create a less stressful situation for the horse if we teach appropriate mechanics of that student um so i'd say if they have a horse leader only um start practicing with that that rider of all right what does it look like because this horse leader is not going to be able to help the horse and help you so how are we going to handle this if we call for you to get off the horse um, what does that look like and maybe you practice it by you physically supporting and coming alongside them at a walk and halt but they understand that in emergency they might have to be able to get off and slide down to the ground without your help and be willing to do that Um, but yeah, usually rule of thumb is that if that horse leader is attached to the horse, that their priority is to manage the horse, not manage the rider. Good question. Um, any other questions? Good chat going guys. Very nice. Uh, Jessica, let me know if the explanation of how you would explain the emergency dismount to a student, um, that might have a cognitive, um, involvement was good and then pamela let me know if that answered your question as far as who would assist the horse leader if there's no side or i'm sorry if there's only horse leader and not a uh sidewalker who would assist the student i'm gonna grab a drink here while i'm waiting to see if other chats come in because good questions guys very nice um Teaching your horse leaders too that in an emergency situations, if they're like in that spotter role, where the student is tied off, um, where the lead rope is maybe tied off around the horse's neck or maybe even unclipped and you guys, the horse leader, holds that lead rope in their hand but they're still within arm's reach of that horse. Teaching your horse leaders how to assist in an emergency is key. So having them either grab both reins and slow the horse down or grab that lead rope if it's tied off and help slow the horse down while that student helps minimize the situation or get off or whatever needs to happen is key too. Because I've seen a lot of situations where the student was fine, they were balanced, they were starting to handle that situation and the horse leader panicked, kind of. Um, and grabbed one rein and pulled and turned that horse super sharp, and it actually caused the student to get in a more off-balance position and has actually caused the student to fall off before. So when you're getting to horse leader only, um, whether they're on lead or off lead, train for the mechanics of slowing that horse down in an emergency from going from trot to walk, walk to halt, whatever it might be. So in a high intensity situation, how do we prevent that that instinct of grab in and and we pull in and do that fetal position with the leader up in our hand and we cause that horse to turn and potentially cause that horse or the the rider to become off balance and maybe grip and it escalates the situation instead of de-escalates. So a lot of talking, a lot of practicing of emergency situations and what ifs you know, what if this happens, how are we going to play this out? So a lot of scenario, a lot of role playing, a lot of talking through cause and effect, task analysis, talking through it. Um, even with our students who may not be verbal or limited verbal, come up with a way for them to practice or communicate things with you in a low intensity situation so that when Emotions and energy and, and environmental factors are involved from humans and horses that we, um, you know, we have a plan put in place. All right, good questions. Any more? Good. So, Pamela, I answered yours. Good. Jessica, basic task analysis. Yep. To the level of the students. Question and answer. Show them. Um, demonstrate stuff. You guys can play a game. You know, I think that's a cool thing about like Pony Club and like a lot of some of the you know Gymkhana games or the horseback games, the mounted stuff. Is there was a lot of games incorporating like getting on and off of your horse and like you know uh relay races and stuff and so we were already practicing like jumping off of our horses while they're moving during those mounted game stuff and and now mechanics wise our horses can't do that over and over with you know 20 students not that they should have 20 students um but you know with that number of students but you know come up with a way of getting your students comfortable with getting on and off that horse and it's not a big deal and just getting those feet underneath of them or knowing when to let go and how they're coming off of that horse if they need volunteers to support them. But the more you practice it with your students and with your volunteers, hopefully the more confident you will also feel of that student progressing on and if they have the skills to ride independently, um, you and that one little knot in your stomach is, oh, what happens in emergency, can they do it? Well, giving them the skill of being able to handle an emergency of either one, like Christy mentioned, de-escalate the situation to where we hopefully don't cause the horse to go faster or we lose control, or um, the horse emotionally escalates um, due to that tense rider or accidental tense cues or strong cues, um, or in an emergency where we do actually have to get off, you know, your student is capable of doing it. And that helps us hopefully be able to take a big breath and step back and be like, you know what? All right, I've given them all the tools and now it's time for them to go right off on their own to the ability level that's suitable of them. So um, it also, I know helps me feel better as an instructor and I've prepared my student um, when they're starting to ride off on their own, okay? All right. So, good chat, everybody. Again, if you have questions, um, make sure you uh, tag Hoof Falls and Footfalls in it just so I get a notification so I see it. Um, that does help me if a question does come up for those of you guys that watch on a replay. Um, feel free to email me saber.p at hooffallsandfootfalls.com if you have a question that comes up or you have a special topic request for a live instructor chat or a like a quick answer for a Ask an Adaptive Riding instructor. Um, But until next time, thank you guys for all the great questions. This was awesome.